Well, Jesus is on the loose. And Jesus in His resurrection changes everything. We ask, how does it change? Well, one of the key ways that the resurrection and Jesus Himself changes everything is He's divided this world into two groups of people. Did I lose anybody yet? (laughs) We're going to see how Jesus divides the world into two people. Everyone, everywhere. Doesn't matter what country you're in. It doesn't matter what part of the world. It doesn't matter young or old. As, as we walk through life, we're all asking some basic questions. Questions like, do I have a purpose? Does my life have any meaning? Is there value in my life? Is there a God? And so we'll see and ask this question, does the resurrection answer those questions. This morning, I want to look very simply at one short passage and make two simple points about this, how the resurrection changes everything. I'm going to be in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. I want to look at just verses 4 to 7. They're going to come up here on the screen. If you have a device and you want to pull it up, that's great. But let me just read what the Apostle Paul wrote to a church in Ephesus. Verse 4, But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Well, as we read these verses, we see that there's really two kinds of people described. And the first one is this, that we were dead to God. We were dead to God. And that becomes significant for us to understand. It's found in the scripture. So let me just show you in the verse that we were dead in our transgression. I've circled it there so that you can see it. And so the question is, what does it mean that we were dead in our transgressions? First thing to note is that it was past tense, right? We were dead. So he's writing to a group of believers in Ephesus. It's a church, and they were at a time when they were dead to God. That phrase, dead in transgressions, means that we were spiritually dead, We were spiritually dead towards God. So what Paul is writing about here, it's not just about sin. It's not merely that we have guilt from some of the things we have done. He's talking about an actual state. An actual state. A condition, if you will. If I I said it a little differently, if it was just about sin, we would be in the doghouse alive but in the doghouse if it's about death we're in the funeral house and that's the difference let me describe it a little differently when i talk about a condition or a state if i take a rock and i drop it in water every time i do this it drops to the bottom it always drops to the bottom or if i put a piece of wood in that same bucket of water it always floats 
They're very different conditions, very different properties. And so when we say we're dead to God, we're talking about a situation, a condition of being able to connect with God. Another way to say it would be we're separated from him. We are separated from the very source of life. We're unable to trust him. We're unable to really seek after him. Jesus himself said we can do nothing. That's what he taught in John 15, that apart from God, we can do nothing. Paul said we can't submit to God. That's all of what it means to be separated from him. We hear different expressions in the Bible too when it talks about this idea of being dead to God. Sometimes we hear the expression lost. Kind of an interesting phrase, but we hear Jesus talk about the lost sheep of Israel. He's talking about the same kind of thing, people that are separated from God, or what Paul is writing about here is that they're dead to God spiritually. Or sometimes Jesus used it, remember in his story about the prodigal son, he says at the end in in Luke chapter 15 that the prodigal son, the, the guy that left the family, wanted his inheritance early, squandered it all on all kinds of crazy things, at the end the father says this, that he was lost but now is found. Notice two kinds of people. He then goes on and he says he was dead spiritually, but now he's alive. Two kinds of people. So Jesus even described it. Another expression we find in Scripture that captures the same idea is that people can be far from God. We see this in uh, Jesus talking about a religious leader, a scribe that had come to him. And he asked Jesus a question. He said, Jesus, what are the greatest commands? And Jesus says, well, to love God and love your neighbor. And the scribe says, well, Jesus, you answered wisely. And then Jesus said to him, you are not far from the kingdom. Notice again the division. So these different words capture the same idea of being dead in our transgressions. But it's a relational term. It's a term of being related or not being related to God. Maybe this would help a little bit. When I first met Kathy, she wanted nothing to do with me. If you don't know uh, Kathy, she's my wife of uh, 30, almost 37 years, and she wanted nothing to do with me. I mean, I'm sure it had nothing to do with these well, I'll just leave them unnamed. Well, maybe I won't. Danny or Lenny or any of these other guys, right? So if I called her up, she wouldn't answer. If I wanted to spend time with her, she wanted nothing to do with me, right? The relationship, there was a separation. And that's the way life is, right, when it comes to dating. But then all of a sudden, things began to change. (laughs) And things came alive. And all of a sudden, when you're relationally connected with people, what happens? You spend all kinds of time on the phone. You have all kinds of energy directed towards each other. There's all kinds of money spent. There's all kinds of excitement. All of that kind of captures what happens in this picture. When we're dead to God, we're we're separated from Him. We're dead to Him. We have no interest. There is a break in the relationship. But the Apostle Paul, he doesn't just stop there. He wants to move us to the other kind of person. If the one is we're dead to God, the other 
is the resurrection makes us alive to God. So when we say Jesus changes everything and he divides the world into two kinds of people, there's people that are dead to God and there's people that are alive to God. They are now connected relationally with him. Let's look at the scripture again because it says in verse 5, it says we were made us, he made us alive with Christ and in verse 6 it says he raised us up with Christ because Christ was raised and is seated with him in the heavenly realms. So Jesus truly changes everything. He made us alive. He gives us a new energy, a new spiritual life. The Bible talks about it as, uses a big term, uses the word regeneration. It's like being born again. It's you get a whole new life. Nicodemus came to Jesus. He was a religious leader. He came to Jesus and he said, what must I do to enter the kingdom of God? And Jesus said very simply, you need new life. You, you need spiritual life. You need to be connected with God. You need to be born again. You need to be regenerated. So the resurrection puts this big divide in human history because it brings us to a place of new life. But Paul didn't leave us there. He answered the question, why? Why did God do all this and make us alive and we see this in the next verse in verse 7 it says in order that in the coming ages now you got to love this long sentence in the coming ages he God might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus right a lot of words a lot well, let me just net it out for you here's how I would say it to show God's power and goodness to a cosmic audience. The resurrection matters today because it shows God's power to take people that were dead and make them alive. Not only does he make them alive, he wants to shower them with blessing. It's showing his goodness so that all the people in the world, the cosmic audience, everyone would see the beauty and majesty of God. So when I asked the question at the beginning, is the resurrection God's new plan? I would say yes, because he wants to infuse us with meaning and purpose. He wants to show how he's alive and how he's changing everything. So as I try to make it really practical, how does the resurrection change my life and your life today? Let me give you a couple things. The first one is this, it breaks the power of sin. It breaks the power of sin. Where sin once controlled us and had some kind of bondage that it put us in, that bondage is now broken. It doesn't mean we'll be perfect. What it does mean is that we're set free. We can now choose the things of God. We're now able to move into the things of God, and God grants us the power for victory over sin. So in one sense, it breaks the, the chain of sin, and on the other, it gives us the power to live for him. That's what makes the energy so exciting in this new relationship with God, that once we were dead, but now we are alive. But now let me give a second, and that is it breaks the fear of death and grants peace over death. No one will deny that this past year was one of the more difficult 
that any of us have experienced. And back a year ago, if you let your mind go back to last March and early April, there was a lot of fear. I had to talk to a lot of people that were struggling with anxiety and fear and control because there was so much being presented to us about death. And what the resurrection does is reminds us that this world is not all there is. There's more coming that death no longer has its hold on us. That's how Jesus changes things. We're now free to realize that even in difficult times, even in pain, even in suffering, even that we might experience or will experience physical death, death no longer has the final word. God does. And it says here that we now have peace over death. And what a real freedom that is. Well, let me give just one final comment about this, and that is that the resurrection gives us a secure hope to spend eternity with God. The resurrection changes everything for those that have given their lives to Christ because we will spend eternity with God. What a beautiful, beautiful concept that this world is not all there is and that we will be spending eternity with God. And this is available to everyone, right? So when Jesus, when I say that Jesus changes everything and I make one clear example that he divides the world into two, what he's also doing is extending an invitation to everyone in the world, regardless of what country they're in, regardless of what ethnic group, regardless of what financial status they might have or what position in the world or what power jesus extends these warm welcoming arms to everybody and says come to me all who are weary and heavy laden why does he say such things well because all of us are striving for purpose we're trying to make something out of this life. And when we strive so hard apart from God, it becomes fatiguing. It becomes wearying. We get tired of all of it. When we're trying to search the world for meaning and value, we just try to find it everywhere we can. We try to find it in money. We try to find it in sex. We try to find it in other people. We try to find it in marriage. We try to find it in our work. And it becomes relentlessly fatiguing and Jesus says I can change that I will give you purpose I will show you new meaning I will bring value into your life and so the resurrection begins to change everything about this world and so as Jesus says come to me all who are weary and heavy laden he says I will give you rest well how do you do that how do you do that? You, you simply respond to the invitation of Jesus Christ. Say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you died on the cross to pay the penalty of sin. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead. Jesus, I believe, just like we read a few moments ago in Ephesians chapter 2, that you were not only raised from the dead, you are now seated in the heavenly places with your Father. You are on the right hand of glory. Jesus, I believe this. Come into my life and change me and transform me. And you can receive this new life. You can move from being dead in your trespasses to being alive to God. You can't earn this. You'll never be good enough for it. There's nothing you and I that we can do 
when we're dead to God to try to get connected. It's God reaching down to us, and it's us by faith receiving this gift from Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you this Easter, if you have never moved from being in this place of being dead in your transgressions and made alive, today is the day to turn to Jesus Christ and receive him by faith. All you have to do is what I've said, is Jesus, I believe. I believe you died for my sin. I believe you were raised from the dead. I believe you are seated at the right hand of the Father. So I want to encourage you, if you've never done that, this Easter, make that the best decision of your life, and you will spend eternity with God. That is what is so, so significant.